So um, DJ Taz has over 200,000 monthly listeners on Spotify. And when we began this collaboration, I had about 4,000. So we didn't know, you know, I had no idea like what was going to come out of just releasing the song as far as uh, a DSP increase. But to date, what I saw was that when we released our remix, um, that my monthly listenership went up to about 12,000. You know, it was a, it was a growth. Um, and now it has leveled out, but it's still uh, more than double what it was before. Welcome to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast with Bree Noble. Bree is a musician, entrepreneur, speaker, and founder of Women of Substance Music Radio and Podcast. Bree's interviews with successful female musicians and industry pros are both inspirational and informational. She also answers your questions about the music business. Bree is on a mission to help you create great music, connect with your fans, and grow your business, and to truly become a female entrepreneur musician. Hey, this is Brie Noble, and I want to welcome you to the Female Entrepreneur Musician, where we talk about making great music, connecting with your audience, and growing your business. Today, I'm talking with multifaceted artist Cassandra Kabinski, and this is her second time on the podcast. She was also on our Profitable Musicians Summit 2018, where she was talking about crowdfunding, and she was on our podcast back in 2018 as well. So if you want to hear her whole artist journey story, which I think is really interesting, and she definitely went through several pivots, you can check out episode number 166. But today she's going to talk about collabs and how she has formed these relationships with other people in the industry and sometimes also outside of the industry in order to tap into new audiences that probably would never have heard her music before. So I'm gonna jump right into the interview. I think you're really going to learn a lot. She goes into the nitty gritty about how she made these connections and do's and don'ts with collabs. So here is my interview with Cassandra Kabinski. Okay, I am here with my friend Cassandra Kabinski. I had her on the podcast two years ago, I think I figured out, summer of 2018. Um, And I'm having her back because she's doing so many cool things that I don't see a lot of artists doing. And I want to catch up with her and have her tell you some of the awesome things she's doing, some collaborations and stuff. So first of all, Cassandra, I'll have to put in the show notes our old, the episode we did in 2018. I don't know the number off the top of my head, but people should go listen to that. Um, But since then, like just Catch us up. What's been going on for you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, first of all, hello, and it's nice to be back. Um, So since 2018, um, what on earth have I been doing? So this year was a really huge year. Um, I have been working on releasing music that I was recording last year. So last year was a big recording year for me, um, recording and performing. But this year, I started the year out um, in LA and in San Francisco performing, meeting with uh, publishers, like meeting with producers, and then boom, COVID magic happened. And um, yeah, I left LA and ended up back in New York. And now I'm kind of you know, quarantining or holing away in my upstate New York condo. So it's been a really interesting thing because I've spent this time planning releases for music that 
I had recorded but didn't have a plan to put out. So I've now this year alone put out a cover of Jason Mraz's song Back to the Earth, um, put out a song called Stardust, and then a remix with a yoga DJ, which is one of the collabs that I'd love to um, share with you guys. And um, I'm working now on creating some additional collaborations. So this year for me has really been about diving into collaboration. And, and really in the past couple of years, that's something that I embraced in a way that previously, I didn't quite have my finger on it. Like I didn't understand. I was like, yeah, well, collaboration, you know, we all collaborate. Like we get in the room and produce stuff together and then we play in bands together. So like, isn't that collaborating? But I feel like I've really gotten to expand and evolve on consciously creating partnerships with other artists that are designed to drive, um, you know, results and good results and listenership and fanship for both for both artists or both. Yeah, artists. I can't wait to get into this because if you're intentional with your collabs, you can really do a lot. Um, but first, I got to ask you about releasing during a pandemic. Um, before, did you used to release? When you released, did you usually have a tour around it or did you perform a lot? And, you know, how was that different? Were you still performing to promote your release even online now? So I was never an artist who did heavy touring around a release. I, I would always do a release show and maybe even a few, but I just never really was a, a heavy touring artist. So previously, when I release something, you know, we'd have a big show in New York. Maybe there'd be some other shows in Toronto or LA or, you know, wherever I might be going. Um, but now in the pandemic, when things have come out, we've done other things to celebrate them. And in some cases we've, we haven't done anything, but Facebook live shows, I was doing a lot of Facebook live early in the pandemic. Um, now I am doing more Instagram co-lives where I hop on with other artists or um, people who are a part of my collaborative projects and, and we chat and perform. Um, so, you know, for me, I haven't really dove into creating like huge events around releases. I've been more focused on learning the ways to expand listenership, especially across the DSPs for my songs. Right. Yeah, I, I love that because, and, and it's great for you because touring wasn't a huge part of what you did. And so it was easier for you to kind of slip into the way to release music during a pandemic. So lucky that you were lucky in that way, I guess, because I know when I was releasing music, I relied heavily on touring to promote my album, you know, bring people into my fan base and all that stuff. So um, you kind of, I think, had a leg up in this situation. But let's talk about your collab. So what even gave you the idea to start collaborating with other artists in the way that you have? And, you know, was it just kind of an accidental thing or were you very intentional from the start? So for me, the collaboration piece has expanded beyond just, hey, I like want to work with whoever I can work with. So previously I was doing... Um, I guess, actually, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll answer what you really asked. So how did I decide to do this? I looked at um, my overall life picture, really. It wasn't just music, but I looked at where was I interested musically? Um, where were some areas where I hadn't expanded musically and I'd like to? Um, yeah, and it really came driven by like, what kind of music do I want to make next and who might be 
who might be a fun playmate for that? Mm. And that really came from also becoming present to the sense of overwhelm of doing everything yourself, which I'm sure many of us have faced. So that sense of, you know, you're, it's DIY everything, right? So like I, I hit a point where I felt like, you know, no, it's not going to be do it myself. It's going to be everything I'm going to do now. I'm going to build team around and I'm going to build partnership around not just to increase results, but honestly to have more fun, you know, and to feel less alone and to feel like, oh, okay, like we're doing this together. So right off the bat this year, one of the first things I did was I had honed in on wanting to combine my love of yoga with my love of music. I have a really strong and and active yoga practice that's more of a lifestyle than, you know, it's not just like a get on the mat and do some poses thing. Um, And I had never tried to combine that with my music. So I did some research on the most powerful research platform ever, the Google, (laughs) and um, (laughs) just discovered, I found a yoga journal article that that featured uh, DJs changing the way we flow. And there was one particular artist, DJ Taz Rashid, who I looked up from the article and um, I just really dug his sound. And I was like, wow, I haven't been, I really haven't been thinking about this world of yoga and mindfulness festivals, um, retreat centers, even studios. Like, whoa, there's a huge world here of people who love music and where music plays a, a, a really specific inspiring role in the fun of this world. I've never really tried to get in on that. So I reached out to DJ Taz and um, long story short, which we can get into more if you like on the details is that we, we had created a collaboration and um, the remix of my song Stardust is a collaboration with DJ Taz, which has now opened the door into doing more collaborations with other yoga focused artists. And um, my intention is, of course, that that will also lay the foundation um, for me to be able to perform at all of these wanderlusts and bhakti fests and types of events where, honestly, I just want to be there. You know, I want to be hanging with those people. But hey, like, that'd be awesome. Now I get to perform there as well. Oh, I love how you, I mean, you were very intentional. You did the research. You found some somebody specific that you thought had a vibe that you liked and you approached him. So I know people get stressed out about like cold pitching anybody. What, you know, was it very, very like thought out what you wrote to him? Or were you just like, hey, I love your music. Are you interested in collabing? Like, was it super casual? Yeah. So I love that question. And I'm, I'm in the boat with, with you about like, oh my God, what's the right way to do it? So for me, the method that I've developed that I pretty much use across the board creating collaborations is number one, like you just mentioned, research. So the research piece does two things. Number one, it will show you whether you actually really do want to pursue the target that you think you want to pursue. Because sometimes you start researching them and then you're like, oh, actually, no, like, I, I don't even vibe with this. Or, you know, so you get kind of egotistical about like, oh, I have to work with so-and-so. And then you realize that it's maybe it's that it's like not even your vibe. But if you discover like, yes, it is my vibe. The result of the research is that you will get to be um, more aware of what that person or organization is up to 
what they care about. You know, you if you do the research and look at their website, you Google interviews with them, you look at their socials, you just read and look and listen to what they're putting out. What I think is when you have that basis of their world, you really like step into their world. That's the place to start with an approach because you want to be approaching a partner, a potential partner from a space where you're acknowledging what they're already up to and you're not just cold pitching this thing out there like, you know, I just want to work with you, but you have no why for that. And you also, more importantly, need to have a why for like why they should work with you. So mm-hmm. it's easier to craft that when you've done, you know, sufficient research and you feel like, okay, I really, I get what this person is about and what they care about. Mm. That's yeah. Great. So that's, you know, that's my first step. And then as far as how I actually reached out to DJ Taz and, and others, um, my process has been looking for an email, you know, try to find like an actual email, not most ideally a real email and not like a form submission through a website. But if that's what they got, you know, you go with that. Um, Sometimes I will duplicate that effort on socials. So I will, you know, tailor whatever my message was um, to be short enough to be able to also like DM them on Instagram, send them a Facebook message. Uh, And I used to be weird about that. I used to feel like that's overkill and I'm going to look like a psycho, you know, (laughs) like I'm just going to look like, Oh my God, I'm showing up in every inbox. But now I feel like when you write, when you do your pitch in a grounded and respectful and professional way um, that really shows that you have done your research and you're, you truly are, you know, interested in creating a collaboration that will work for both parties, doing that multi-platform pitch actually just shows your commitment. I think Mm -hmm. like now that's what I see is that you know, you're not going to look crazy. You're just going to look like you really cared about reaching them. Um, Plus an understanding that people aren't everywhere all the time. Like I know for me, sometimes I just forget to check my DMs or, you know, depending on where I am, what device I'm using, all that stuff. You know, I'm fine if people want to get in touch with me in multiple ways, or they'll get in touch with me, maybe in my Facebook messages and my assistant will get a hold of me because I didn't see it some other way. So I, I don't think, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, it's, it seems to have been effective, um, in, in a lot of cases, it's not always, I've definitely made pitches where, you know, it's radio silence and then I follow up and I still get nothing, but, um, but in the particular case of creating the collab with DJ Taz, he's very busy and he's very in demand. And so, I did receive a response to my initial cold email and I was actually a little surprised that I got a response. Cause I was like, this guy is, you know, he's crushing it. He's rocking um, DJ Taz Rashid. I really recommend everybody go check him out. So, and the initial response was, you know, sounds interesting, but I'm really busy and I'm not sure, you know, when I could get to this and, and what did you have in mind? So that's a question that comes up a lot. If you can get somebody interested in even responding to you, most of the time their question is going to be, what did you have in mind? And it's important that you have something in mind, you know, and that you not be thinking. Don't just say, go to my website and listen to all my music (laughs) and see which one might fit for you. No. Yeah, no, that's not so much the best approach. So what I had done was I had already identified um, a few songs that I thought would be cool to remix And I also offered that if that wasn't, if he wasn't into any of those or those didn't really fit with his 
you know, vibe of what he was looking to put his name on that I'd also really be interested in writing to a track of his. So, you know, so I kind of left both doors open and sent him, um, you know, a couple really specific tracks. And his response was that he really liked this song Stardust and he really instantly heard what he thought he could do with it. Mm. So that accelerated the process enormously because, you know, we went from, yeah, maybe, but, you know, time is tight to like, boom, like it's this song and we're doing it. Um, And so from there, we were able to hop on the phone um, and get into the process of negotiating the actual terms, you know, the actual money. In this case, there was a payment. In some cases, there are not, but like in this case, there was. And, um, you know, and just hash out like, what is this going to look like? Um, Most certainly, I recommend that if you are paying a collaborator who has more, visibility or exposure and you consider that to be a worthwhile investment in in your own evolution you know in your own expansion and exposure as well that hey you got to have a deal you know you got to have a really clear um agreement with that person and it doesn't have to be some like crazy 90 page lawyer contract but there does have to be a you know spelled out who will do what when will they do it what will they deliver Um, especially on the promotion and marketing side, like, are we agreeing to do some of that together? Um, That's really something that obviously is important if you're looking to utilize the partnership to grow your fan base. Um, So that's really getting, that's really like getting ahead of it down the line, but, but (laughs) the initial. That's good to know. Yeah. It's good to know for people because, you know, even once they land one of these, it's like, okay, now what? And and how do I know I can trust them that they're going to do what they say and all that. So it is important to have something in writing. I think so. And it also, it also formalizes it for you and holds you accountable, which, you know, I know we all walk around being like, of course I'm accountable. I'm responsible. I'm going to come through, you know, but like then sometimes life happens and stuff happens. And so it's actually a really good way I have found to, to really give your own self a sense mm. of like, this is real, this is happening, we are legit, now we are in partnership. So it removes that vagary of thinking, oh my God, maybe they'll just ghost on me, you know, or whatever. Like, right. Plus, it, they, it just, you know, you know you, but they don't know you. So it, it also assures them. And if this yes, is, you know, true. originally a cold situation, you want to assure them that this is a real thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I found that that was not only in this particular collaboration, but in others that the more, the more I demonstrate that I am really interested in them and in what they want to get out of this and what would enhance their career or their situation now, like how can we utilize this project to serve you? Um, Which is not, I really, there's a fine line between that being kind of lip servicey and that being real. Like if you're really standing in I want this to benefit us both. And I'm truly interested in this benefiting you in a way that, you know, maybe you don't know how it will, but you know that you want it to, then you can have a conversation that asks them, how can we make this work for you? You know, how can we have this work for you? And most people, you ask them that and they're going to, they're so excited that anybody cares, you know, that people aren't just coming at them. Like, I want to use you. I want to use your platform. So yeah, I really recommend like always every step of the process, checking in and making sure that like there's a mutual benefit. Well, so let's talk about the results. So you, 
you did this collaboration. You even paid a little bit to, to make it happen. Do you think it was worth it? You know, what happened? I know you had some like serious Spotify increases in plays. So let them know like what, what was the results from it? Yeah, absolutely. So um, DJ Taz has over 200,000 monthly listeners on Spotify. And when we began this collaboration, I had about 4,000. So we didn't know, you know, I had no idea like what was going to come out of just releasing the song as far as uh, a DSP increase. But to date, what I saw was that when we released our remix, um, that my monthly listenership went up to about 12,000, you know, it was a, it was a growth. Um, and now it has leveled out, but it's still uh, more than double what it was before. Um, the spins on the song, um, I had been having kind of an issue where, because I had 13 songs on the Lifetime show Dance Moms, and that had been a really successful show, that my Dance Mom songs were showing up in my DSP profiles as the most popular songs. Mm-hmm. And that's cool, but you know what? Those songs are old. So yeah. like for me, knowing that you as a new fan, you were showing up on my Spotify or on my iTunes and you were seeing Save You Tonight and Somebody Told Me and those songs came out in 2005. So I was like, right. Well, so that's what I'm saying. It's like, it was really frustrating to know that new fans showing up on my page were, they were going to see the most popular songs and those were really old songs. So the Stardust remix with Taz helped to completely shift that because it's now my most listened to song. So now when you go to my profiles, what you see is my newest work. And it's very exciting to like, after years of kind of being in that space of, you know, that that's obviously anyone who's had, uh, you know, a, a powerful sync can speak to how cool it is, you know, to get the listenership added value of the sync. But, um, yeah, I had been really frustrated by that. And now I'm, I feel so excited that people get to hear my latest song, you know, my voice the way it is now. Um, and that that's what they land on. So, and let's see, maybe I can just pull up the actual like play number real quick. Um, yeah. And have you released you- anything since then? Like, have you seen this translate into listens for your next releases? So we did, we did release the instrumental of this track, which was recommended by Taz because in his community, yoga teachers, dance teachers, basically like movement teachers often want something that doesn't have words. Makes sense. So we did release the instrumental later and that has also had like more listens than even some of my previous highly promoted releases did just purely because his audience and you know, our combined audiences with the thing going out on release radar to both parties is mm-hmm. higher. Um, I have not released anything since then. So that just came out. Uh, our remix came out August 21st and the instrumental just came out. I think it was September 18th. So this is all laying the groundwork for next projects, which are also exciting. And I'm happy to um, tell you about the next partnerships that I have. Yeah, let's talk about the next ones. Oh, but let's tell me, so tell me the numbers since you looked that up. Okay, let's see. So it was Stardust, DJ Taz Rashid Remix. No, we don't want to play it. We want to go to it. Um, how do I see this number? Um, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep looking for it. Let's go to another okay. question and then I'll, <laughs> I will get this in one second for you guys. Cool. Okay, so I would love to hear what the next things on the horizon are collaboration-wise. 
Um, so the next things, Stardust DJ Tazra Sheed Remix, you're going to find this. Okay, here it is. I'm going to tell you, the Stardust okay. DJ Tazra Sheed Remix now has just under 14,000 streams. Um, those are all time streams. So for me, this song is growing and it's continuing to grow daily. Like people are listening to it every day. It's, it got on like over 300 playlists. Yeah, user generated playlists. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. So it was really, when you ask, was it worth it? I feel the answer was yes. And it's hard to quantify that necessarily financially because I'm not seeing a financial payback from releasing the song yet. However, it also led to the idea to create a music video where um, we have yogis from around the world flowing to the song. So that video is now created. We did that. It was like an all summer project to reach out to yoga people all over the world. And we have like 15 people represented and they're all flowing to the song. So that music video is about to drop. We haven't put that out yet, but as wow. of- And you know, today, they're gonna share that. Them. That's cool. Yeah, so that, you know, it's a, that's a whole other collab story, um, of course. But like the point is this whole project, I've every, ter every turn I look at it as how do we expand the impact by making this cool for more people who want to be a part of it and then they'll share it. So that's coming up. That video drop will be soon. It already kind of soft released on Elephant Journal, which is a really cool yoga oh, blog, yeah. but um, but we haven't like wide released it and pushed it yet. Yeah, it'll probably be out by the time we post this episode. So, absolutely, yeah. So you would look up, um, you could just look up my name and Stardust Yoga, and mm -hmm. then it'll probably come up. Cool. Okay, so what? So do you have other things that you think are going to be affected by this, you know, gain in your listenership on Spotify, things that you're releasing coming up soon? I do. So one of the intentions, like I said, with, with moving myself more into the yoga space is to expand my potential as a live performing artist in that space as well. So that's something we haven't really started to actively work on because we now have the song release uh, the remix release, the uh, video that's coming out, and we ran a press campaign that generated some press in, in uh, reputable yoga press sources. Mm -hmm. So I think with all of that now, now we have a really great basis to go and say, hey, like, you may not have heard of me before, but I'm an artist with a very mindfulness, nature-oriented, um, you know, internal seeker kind of a message. And maybe this is something that would enhance your festival, your live event, your yoga studio online thing. Um, so that's something that we, we expect to be diving into creating soon. But in the meantime, I have a collaboration going with um, Hannah Grace Colon, who is one of the dancers from season eight of Dance Moms. Mm. And this came about because earlier this year in the midst of pandemic overload, um, I had some soul searching time. And again, besides the yoga world, one of the questions I asked myself was, where in my career did I really feel a lot of satisfaction around um, a musical collaboration? And where's the intersection with where that actually made me any money? Because, you know, look, we all got to live, right? We got we to gotta earn our livings. And I went, wow, actually all those placements on Dance Moms um, 
were really impactful. They were really impactful in the sense of creating a huge listenership, but they were also impactful because it was artistically satisfying to see my music being used in another media, like people dancing in my music and, and seeing the art that they created to my art was really cool, really satisfying. And I hadn't, I just hadn't done that in, in a, a long time, like in years. So that's when I thought to myself, well, let me look up some of the more recent dancers on the show and see who I vibe with. And again, here was this, this girl, Hannah, who's really, she just has such a joy, uh, this effervescent joy when she dances. Um, and even though she had never danced to one of my songs, I reached out to her. This reach out story was quite different um, because I, I'll have to look back and see which, which places I reached out to her. Um, but the way that the collaboration began was because her father saw a comment that I made to one of her YouTube videos saying, hey, I'm a dance mom songwriter, had 13 songs on the show. I think you're amazing. I'd love to create something with you. Let me know if you'd be into that. So mm -hmm. literally like this collab came from like a YouTube comment because apparently, wow. you know, I couldn't have found, I couldn't find her like direct info enough to, to send something else. But I was like, I'm, you know, not going to be stopped here. I'm, I'm doing it. So yeah, I literally just like put the, the brief intro pitch in a YouTube comment. And then it was weeks, if not months later when I got a response. So it was actually, um, I think, you know, I just like to note that because I, I hope it's a reminder to us all that it's like, yeah, stuff can happen even much later, you know, just because yep. you don't get an answer right away. It's a long game. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so that's how, you know, once we were in communication, then I, we were able to begin the, um, the real conversation with her and with her, her family, you know, cause she's, she's a young dancer. She's only in her teens. So, um, you know, so working with her also involves working with her parents who, you know, serve as guides and mentors and, and management in some way. So the collaboration that we have now developed has become um, bigger than what I thought it would be. So when I went into it, again, I had done my research. I had watched a ton of her stuff. I had looked at her um, socials and was like, okay, how could, the, how could her working with me be beneficial to her? So I had you know, some thoughts about, about what I could offer, um, despite the fact that she has an enormous following, um, much more enormous than my following. Mm. Um, but what I discovered, because when we got on the, the calls together, um, what I discovered was that actually they were interested in something I had never thought about. Um, and it went beyond just dancing. So what I can say, because we haven't announced all of the details of this collab yet, but is that now this collaboration involves two songs. So that's awesome. We already have like two things mm. um, in the hopper. One of them involves her dancing to a brand new song of mine that's unreleased. So now we will have the opportunity to create the launch for my song, like with her, which mm. will be super amazing. And then the other piece that we're doing actually has more elements to it um, that, that play into these ways that Hannah wanted to evolve as an artist. And what I discovered is that like, I actually have the ability and the experience and the resources to help her do that. But I hadn't been thinking that that's what we were going to do when we started the collab. So basically, you know, 
this other song will also involve um, dancing, but it may it may be a bigger thing with like us doing music video together and, mm. um, you know, and possibly will lead to performance opportunities. But basically, like, I just hadn't thought, oh, this could get bigger than I have a song and she's going to dance to it. You know, like that was yep. all that I was thinking originally. Well, you just but planted again, a seed and then it turned out that, you know, you guys vibed even more than you knew you would and found other ways. So I love that you, I mean, you don't have to have the whole thing figured out before you start. You don't. I think the important keys to have figured out before you start are what do you know you can offer them mm-hmm. and, um, and, and truly an interest, like a real actual interest in, in working with them and not something that's based in like, oh, it'd be great to work with you because you have great numbers, you mm-hmm. know, but like if you're really vibing with them artistically and they have great numbers, hey, bonus. But like, I really think it's super important to be, for you to be rooted in authenticity about wanting to work with them. Because if you're not at some point in the process, that's going to leak out and it's going to cause you know, it can cause issues when you, when you are in a collaboration and then you're pushing for something or you're trying to get the thing through to completion. And like what's hiding in the background is that you were only ever doing it to try and like, you know, benefit for you, but like not benefit for them. Right. So yes, you don't want to find yourself in that position. Um, Yeah. So once you've done your research, I think when you go into these collab conversations, the key is to be almost like a detective to like find out what's important to them. And it's, by the way, not just like what's important to them on this project, but like what's important to them in general. Cause you may discover that you have common ground or that you have ways that you can contribute to their overall picture that you wouldn't have thought of. Um, and that's powerful. Cause like that actually can become, it expands the scope of your collaboration in, in a way that, can make it even better than you thought it would be. Yeah, totally. So this has all been super helpful around collabing, you know, in an, like an artistic way with other kinds of artists. I know you've also done collabs with organizations. So I want to finish up by talking about that piece because I talk a lot about this to my, you know, Academy members and people in my community because it, especially if you really have a cause that you believe in or, you know, something that's just part of the way that you write music, you know, a message and all that, it can be such an amazing collaboration and really be helpful for them as well as you. So how have you done that? Yeah, thank you. I, it is something that's really important to me to use music to heal and to help um, and to contribute to communities and causes that I care about. So um, we've done the two biggest projects I think we've done in collaboration have been for autism and for pet rescue. Um, the autism one is a little older, so I'll, I'll leave that and say the song is called Not So Different. If you want to see it, you can go check it out. But the one that I'll talk about is called You Get Me. And we did this song for, um, to support pet rescue and adoption. So the way that that, that collaboration evolved, it, became, it was really like there were so many layers to this collaboration. The song itself, I wrote with Tony Daniels, who's a close collaborator um, and producer friend. And we thought it was really cute. And um, we had written it for a commercial pitch that had to do with dogs. And the commercials, and you know, we didn't win the commercial, but we were like, what are we going to do with this really cute song? Huh, maybe we could take like what's in its DNA, this thing about 
you know, connection with animals and um, do some good for rescue pets. So we, we created a music video concept. Um, I had reached out to women in music and I had reached out to that network and said, Hey, like, this is something that we're going to do. Is anybody involved in this world who wants to help us out? And this incredible fitness model producer artist named Jam Murphy reached back and was like, Oh, you know, I'm into this. So then she came on board. We started having conversations. Um, and what she brought to the table was that she has this huge model network. So she was like, what if we do a video where it's like as many influencer models as we can get with their pets, you know, like with their rescue pets. I was like, wow, that's a cool idea. So then we talked to uh, my distributor at the time, one RPM, and it turned out that their house videographer, who's amazing. He was also like obsessed with the idea because he has like, tons of dogs back in Colombia where he's from. And so he was really like emotionally on board with this and, and was like, I will, we will make this video for you and it will just be a part of your distribution deal. So mm -hmm. what? So like now we've got, you know, a, a community growing, we've got, um, you know, the production capability in place to make a cool video. Then I thought, I really want, who is this going to benefit? Um, so I reached out to an old friend, um, Bill Berloni, who's a, a fabulous animal trainer and one of the most distinguished, accomplished animal trainers for like Broadway and movie and TVs. Um, I worked with him doing Annie a thousand years ago in my childhood. And um, he is the behavioral expert and a consultant for the Humane Society of New York. And I knew he had done tons of work for them. And I thought, wow, like let's, you know, can we support them with this video? So more conversations, talked to him. He got the Humane Society involved. They brought seven dogs to the shoot who needed to be rescued. I'm happy to say that some of them have been rescued since then. Mm -hmm. um, and so the whole thing came together. We shoot this montage video, which of course you can see on YouTube. It's called You Get Me. And, um, and the result of that was that this went out, you know, this project went out through so many models networks um, supporting the pet rescue and adoption idea. We also then had a release launch party in New York City that raised $1,000, which was split up between the Humane Society and a couple other organizations um, internationally that we were working with. And, um, and then we were invited to be a part of something called the, um, my gosh, I'm gonna blank on what it was called. It was, but it was a Broadway-based pet benefit mm. um, that my friend Bill and his wife produced. And um, it was at 54 Below in New York. And that event helped to raise $25,000 for the Humane Society. So, you know, we can't claim like, oh, it was my song that raised 25K. But we can say that that part of, I mean, why do they do these benefits? They do it because your music, you know, music is what moves people to say, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to support, you know, I'm going to actually put real resources into this organization. So it was so fulfilling, you know, and really satisfying to be like, hey, like our music and our song and our video were able to help inspire people and delight people. And, you know, and then they were like, yeah, we got to help these animals. So, so that was, you know, <laughs> long story, but still not the full story on, on You Get Me, which was, that was like how we worked with creating the, the partnership with organizations. Mm, it's just, I love the ripple effect. Like, you know, you got these other people excited and then they did this and they did that, you know, so you never know. 
and I really do think you're right. It's, it's based upon the fact that music moves people and it, sometimes it moves them to take action that they wouldn't have taken otherwise. Definitely. And when you're working with organizations or you're approaching an organization, the principles I think are pretty much the same, which is do your research and know what they care about. See if you can find a real human, you know, instead of making assumptions, like see if you can really talk to a person from the organization. Um, that involves sometimes a lot of LinkedIn sleuthing, I have found. Like LinkedIn sleuthing is... It, it, LinkedIn is great. I was <laughs> going to mention that earlier because the great thing about LinkedIn is if you send someone a message, it does put it in your inbox, like in your main inbox and people, they might not pay attention to it, but it's a little bit of a like little nudge, you know, that you got a message and it is easier, like the connection thing makes it easier to find people than some other ways. Definitely. And again, I, I encourage you to write your messages. Um, and maybe I can put together a template for this that we could you know, put in the show mm. notes or something where, because like the, I, I get how frustrating it is to be like, I get this all in concept, but then like, what do I actually literally write? Um, and I'd be happy to share, you know, like literally what I wrote to some of these people as, as my initial pitch. Um, but I really encourage people to, in that pitch, have your languaging be around how you are X, you know, you are whatever you are, a songwriter, a producer, an artist, and you are looking to um, utilize your music to support, insert organization here. You know, I'm looking to utilize my music to support animal rescue and adoption. And I wondered if I could ask you some questions about, um, you know, what the Humane Society is up to and how I could help. Mm -hmm. I mean, it can be that simple. And then usually you're going to get some kind of a response like either, you know, what did you have in mind or, or um, I'm not the right person. Let me pass this on to the right person. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's, you know, and then you're already one step closer because you're coming in through an internal referral to mm -hmm. whoever that next person is, um, you know, and then, and then it's just, I think the I'm harping on this, but it's like really important to stay in that space of how can I help you? How can I serve you? Here's what I have. I have an idea and I'm happy to share my idea, but I don't want to make that be like the only thing that I'm willing to do. So, you know, if it is the only thing you're willing to do, then, you know, that's different. But if you're really looking to create collaboration that works for both, it's helpful for you to have an idea of something that you think would be cool, but to really convey that you're looking for their feedback, you know, their input on like, what are they up to? What's important to them? What would make a difference? What would move the needle for them? And then for you to actually think about like, how can your offerings enhance that for them? Yeah, I, I'm going to go super meta here and say that this interview is an example of that because you, you know, reached out to me after it's been a while since we've talked and you didn't just say like, hey, can I be on your show again? Or like every other PR person does to me, oh, my person is so amazing. They want to come talk about their, you know, new release and blah, blah, blah. Like for me, I'm like, yeah, okay. I, but you came to me and said, I want to talk about this. I think it could be valuable. This is how it's helped me. And I want to, you know, show other artists how it can help them. And you're like, you know, you knew that I hadn't really covered that on the show. And I was like, oh, yes. Absolutely. And you made my life super easy. You like told me a few things that we could talk about. And I said, yes, immediately. Whereas most of the time I don't because I do get a lot of pitches. So 
this is just another example of how you have used collaboration in order to now, you know, come on the show and you're helping other artists and you're also getting your music out there. I hope all the artists on here go and check out all of your music that you talked about. So I want to thank you for that because you just, you did a great example of it in this particular situation. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, and that's just for people listening. I think you just really honed in on, on something so key, Brie, which is like specificity, you know, that it's like you, and you said this way at the beginning of this conversation that, you know, lobbing it out there, like, Oh, I have tons of songs that could be really awesome for us to work on together is, is not a compelling pitch, you know, like, I mean, maybe if you if you receive that pitch and you are a person at the beginning of your career who has not a lot going on and not a lot of direction, maybe that sounds interesting to you. But you want to move to a place where you are a very focused, directed artist whose time is in demand, right? Like you want to be that person too, who people are coming to and being like, hey, I want to collab with you. Um, and you will be in that position as well going, hey, I really have to, you know, parse like what what is going to be valuable to me? And also, what am I excited about? And specifics can really help people to uh, understand, like, what is exciting? Like, what's the potential of working with you? So um, thanks for acknowledging that it's like having that specific idea um, can help to kick off the conversation. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Those of us who get a million emails, specifics are so important. So why don't you let them know how they can find you? Where do they find you on socials? Where's your website? All the things. Yeah, absolutely. So website is CassandraKabinsky.com. Um, socials are all at Cassandra Kabinsky. I think Twitter is Cassandra Cub because they didn't like the rest of my... Because it was too long. <laughs> <laughs> um. And yeah, so I am, I'm developing this, this um, document PDF called Partnership Power, where I'll outline all of this. So if you'd like that, just shoot me a message on, on a social and of course appreciate follows as well there. Um, but shoot me a message and when this is ready, I will send it over to you. Um, I know we covered a lot today and it'll probably, uh, maybe it'll be useful to have it kind of broken down as to- like, Oh yeah, get ready for the DMs because I think you're going to be getting some. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm, I'm really happy to do this. I mean, truly, this is something that has shifted my satisfaction in creating music and also my results in creating music. Um, and I would love to see more artists feeling empowered around this. Mm, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing all this. I appreciate you. And I really, really hope that you guys reach out to her and start trying to do some of this collaboration. I think it will make a huge difference. Now go out and make great music, connect with your fans, and grow your business. Female Entrepreneur Musician has been brought to you by femusician.com and femalemusicianacademy.com and music by Stella Ronson. <laughs>